Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. AEW Grand Slam has some pretty big stuff coming out of it. The Eddie Kingston ROH title win, an excellent main event with MJF and Samoa Joe. And there was a pretty good match going on between John Moxley and Ray Phoenix for the International Championship. However, something went wrong right at the finish. But actually, as it turns out, it might have actually gone wrong right at the start of the match. We'll dive into this a little bit more because John Moxley and Adam Cole actually both got injured on this episode of the show. Welcome to the Rest of Podcast review of AEW Dynamite. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by Tempest. Tink, tink. And please do press the subscribe button to this channel. Give us a little thumbs up as well. Everyone in the comments, say hi to Pete, who is in the room, because he was just recording a breaking news video. Where is he? There he is. Uh, because SmackDown's moving to Fox, everyone. Sorry, it's moving off Fox, moving to USA Network, and apparently Raw and NXT are moving off the USA Network. Crazy! So Pete is doing a break... Check out the breaking news video for the full details! It'll be live soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Better one also say hello to Pete. Uh, And if you're watching on VOD, please get in your comments down below, but if you're watching live, obviously join the live chats and get in your Omega chats to resttalk.com forward slash support because we'll read out every single one of them above the five US dollar amount. And let's all be sensible about this chat (laughs) because wrestling. Yes, I've already seen some fairly, I would say, thick takes uh, on this. Um, Someone uh, in the chat said that AEW needs a performance center. (laughs) because <laughs> you because you know who could do with some wrestling training tempest ray phoenix mm-hmm. do you know who could do with some wrestling training tempest brian danielson they could they could sure use some refinement i guess oh yeah <laughs> adam cole he could certainly do some with refinement as a professional wrestler he definitely didn't spend seven years in a performance <laughs> center whatever it was four years in a performance center but yeah so uh, at the start of this match and apparently this is where the injury happened. Everyone thought the injury happened right at the end of the match. like Because what happened was Ray Phoenix hit a Mishinoku-style driver on Moxley. And referee Rick Knox went to count the three. Well, he certainly went to... He counted two. He went to count the two. He went to count the two, did not count three, but Mox didn't move. Mox then tells Rick, count the three. 
And so Ray Phoenix picks Mox up again. It's uh, another driver, that Mishinoku-style driver, and the referee counts three. So the report is that he actually got injured on the dive right at the start. And I thought something had gone awry then. Because I wrote in my notes here, Phoenix does a dive off the stage early, which seems to rock Mox. Like, he mm. wasn't moving as... as I mean, I, I was I was basically like, is this selling or is this just Mox does not look like he is, uh, he he's not all there. Sure. Um, like you see, get rocked a little bit. And the report is that Moxley then just decided to keep going. And it was only until that finished that he decided, oh, we should probably end this now. So Phoenix didn't know, the referee didn't know. And then Mox was like, I should probably, I should probably stop wrestling now. And Dave Meltzer also reported that it's a minor concussion that he might have suffered off the dive. Uh, Tony Khan and the rest of the combat club spent time with him after the match. He all seems to be, he seems to be fine. He seems to be okay. Just a minor concussion. Mm -hmm. But it did kind of leave a bit of a black cloud over this episode of the, uh, over this episode of Dynamite. It did. And it's highly unfortunate because there's a bunch of different sections of this match and what happened in there and around that we can talk about because I thought this was a, a fun match. Really I thought it. the structure of the match, the story of the match was all going along at a very fun little pace here. And then, of course, the finish happens, and I have a lot of thoughts on the finish, but it did just kind of feel like mm, some of the wind was taken out of the sails of the show as a whole, for sure. Definitely Ray Phoenix winning his first singles title in AEW, like... I was shocked and I was like, if they had just done that, and granted, I understand that that likely was not the finish here because this yeah. was an audible being called. Sean Rossap said that this was not the planned finish for the match. Right. But if Ray Phoenix is going to win his first championship in AEW, singles championship, I'm well excited for that. That sounds rad. But there's no way that I could be excited for it. Not only because, oh, somebody in the match got hurt, but because the finish was just F to high heaven. Yeah, really so. And it's because of Knox not counting the three. Yeah. Uh, on the, the first bit. Like, this is why WWE, for a long time, I don't think they still do this, but for a while, directed their referees to call all matches as a shoot. Mm -hmm. The idea being, if you don't kick out, then it's your fault. Because what that does is it protects from finishes like this like yeah. no way out oh one where i'll have a just like one two oh wrestlemania 2000 sure you know, that sort of thing you you avoid situations like this so because mox didn't Knox Knox didn't count the three on mox the the, the crowd was like one two oh you effed up and then there's just confusion and then phoenix does the move again and then he counts the three and you could just tell the the crowd instantly were like, "Ah, right, something went wrong there." Mm -hmm. Like if they if Knox had just counted the three, and people had been like, "Oh wow, the titles changed," then they'd have seen the Doctor in the ring and be like, "Okay, something went wrong, or we're doing an angle or something." But because you had the botched count, it's instantly like, as I wrote in my notes here, well, something went wrong there. Yeah. Now, I've been thinking about this since I. Since I saw it, because this is the first thing I did when I woke up today, I put the show on just in case there might have been an edge 
popping up. I didn't want to be hampered by any spoilers nope. whatsoever. I stayed off my phone, didn't even take it off sleep mode, got no notifications. I was watching this show. So I've had all day to think about this. And part of me wants to give a little bit of slack to Rick Knox in this situation. Because obviously tomfoolery happened this was not a plan. An audible was called. There are extraneating circumstances here. But also, as the job of somebody who's meant to protect the wrestlers and also just count three, I think this was some of the worst refereeing I've ever seen. Because not only do you hold the count up and essentially ruin the match, but also it means that the guy with the concussion has to be picked up and dropped on his head again. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't just count the pin and move on. Some arguments can be made to that some of that's on Phoenix. He didn't, sure. have, he didn't have to do a move again. He could have just done the cover again. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Wouldn't have looked good, but it's not like this version looked much better. No. And that's it. Like The, the slack that I want to give to people extends also to Ray Phoenix. Because in, in something like this, it is just like... Ah, you're just kind of like panicking because you hadn't planned for this and now you have to readjust on the fly and it's stressful and someone's hurt and such. But and I will. And by all accounts, didn't know until yeah. the finish. Yeah. But man, like, I'm just looking at this and like, maybe they need to change the way that they do the refereeing in that you go to WWE's at, at least one time model of count it like a shoot. Because like, Never have I seen a referee more hold up his count for a non non finish. Yeah, like at least with Earl Hebner, this is a gripe I have with Earl Hebner anyway. <laughs> but you can always tell when something is a two for him because he goes like one two mm-hmm. instead of going one two yeah. three. Rick Knox just goes one two. And the whole crowd just goes, what? Yeah. What, what, what was that? And he, he starts checking the shoulders. Yeah. As if like our referee is like, oh no, the shoulder was up there. And like they have to on commentary say like, maybe Moxley it. twitched. It's like, you have never seen a man kick out of a move less. Yeah. He, oh, he did wasn't not move. move. He wasn't moving. He didn't move. So it's a really tough situation. Like I don't want to pile on to people and everything, but I think this was really poorly handled. Yep. And it's disappointing because otherwise I was going to be like, yeah, this is a good, this is, it still is a good show. Don't get me wrong. You know, there are some really big moments, some cool angles and title changes and everything. Really good main event. But like, what's the opening thing we're talking about here? It's this match just being ruined. Unfortunately, well, we found ourselves in a situation where we were sort of damned if we did and damned if we didn't because I didn't want to lead with this because, mm-hmm. you know, people always have a go at us for then leading with the negative or leading with an injury or leading with a botch. And it's just like, why can't you guys just focus on the good stuff? But then if we hadn't have done this, it'd be like, oh, AEW bias. If this were WWE, you'd have led with this. So I was like, ah, do you know what, effort? Like, this is the big talking point. This is what everyone is. T- Unfortunately, this is what everyone is talking about coming out of this show. But I, I find the conversations around this massively like, I don't know, man. Like, last year, Cody Rhodes wrestled with a torn peck and everyone was like, 
Bravo. She, like Triple H wrestled a match with a torn quad, and everyone went. Mm-hmm. John Moxley wrestles this match with a concussion, or like Brian Danielson wrestles with a, a broken arm, and everyone was like, "What AEW? Where's the safety procedures? Where's the where's the care for for the wrestlers?" And I I don't I don't know where the line is. Then like mm-hmm. I look at the Matt Hardy situation. Sure, from all I was out. just thinking the same. Thing. I look at Matt Hardy and all that twenty twenty, and I'm like, that is bad. How in the hell you let that carry on? You can go back and watch the live reactions we did to that. We just kept saying like, this match should not be happening. This match should have been stopped a long time ago because you could see that had gone wrong mm-hmm. and that he could not stand up. But in this situation, like Mox. Everyone thought the, the injury came right at the end. Yeah, it's only now that we the reports are coming out that the injury happened at the start. Yeah, that that's that's where it is different. I think every incident in every company needs to be kind of looked at in isolation, sort of, because you you do have things where if Cody Rhodes wants to wrestle with a torn pack, I still don't know exactly where I fall on that. Is it a stupid idea? Yeah. Is it a make for one of the most dramatic matches ever? Sure. But I think there's a big difference between wrestling with a torn muscle or a broken arm or something and wrestling with a head injury. And I think that that is something that should be looked at differently than this or that. But this one in particular, it's not like he was like completely knocked out like the Matt Hardy situation, like when Alex Reynolds was knocked out in the ring and was just lying there on the apron. Like, that is a match that should have just been stopped. Yeah. At least, like, pause for a moment while we just move this guy out of the ring, or, like, let's all go and wrestle outside while this guy can get tended to, as opposed to just wrestling around him like they did. Yeah. So, there are varying degrees of this in particular incident here. And... If it's a conversation about whether AEW needs to be a little bit safer or WWE needs to be a little bit safer, like, yeah, I think everybody needs to be a little bit safer in this regard. And sure, that's a larger conversation to be had about wrestling in general. Uh, But when it comes to head injuries, they're messing around with it. There's no real messing around with it. And if Moxley doesn't necessarily communicate to somebody as soon as it happens, like, hey, I got my bell rung maybe we should take this home quick or something, then you probably don't know. But I think all of that is more or less a separate conversation from just count the friggin' pin. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's that's a very different thing. Like, I, I, I think at the very least, Knox should have just counted the three. But then anyway, again, yeah, if Knox had counted the three and he wasn't supposed to win the title, would have all the heat come down on him for... for botching the finish because it's probably not going to come down on Mox, one of the top stars in the company well no like, that's the thing i don't think it would then come down on any but maybe for like 20 seconds where they go what did they do what do you do that for and then oh he was hurt okay understood I, yeah but if we're having two separate conversations here I, I suppose you're right like they are sort of in tandem with with one another but are two separate conversations like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm playing a worldview if mox was not hurt and knox had counted to the three mm-hmm. the heat would have come down on knox for counting the three and messing up the finish mm-hmm. probably not on mox for not kicking out even though really it probably should have done and in, in some ways here i kind of think like like is it mox that we should be looking at here like or the, and, I, and i'm not saying like i'm not trying to single out mox here but the idea of tough guy wrestler mm. Because like Triple H wrestling through the torn quad, because he's 
tough guy wrestler and you've got to finish the match and cody rhodes was tough guy wrestler like i'm booked for the main event of this show and i'm gonna finish it and i'm gonna do this even though it probably wasn't the wisest move and it might have added to his recovery time brian danielson was tough guy wrestler in in wrestling with a broken arm i feel like that's the the bigger discussion here of just like do we do we need to kind of move away from this idea of tough guy wrestler going out and finishing the match because if what from like you know i'm I, this is pure speculation on my part and perhaps that's ill-advised but if mox like got his bell rung and then continued to wrestle the match and then was like actually you know what i can't like, yeah. i i think something has gone wrong here then yeah there's a, a conversation that needs to be had around that mm -hmm. and, and that's why i think this is an incident to be looked at in isolation because I think we have seen more of the, the business starting to move away from that. I mean, in WWE anyway, like, you know, there's the famous story of, of Danielson getting into it with Triple H backstage when they called off Danielson's match with Randy Orton on Raw in 2013 because he'd hurt his neck. But he was just like, oh, I'm going to finish this match. And they called it off and he went and had a screaming match with Triple H because you finished a match with a torn quad. Nobody ends my matches and blah, 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 blah. But they were trying to get away from that and actually protect the wrestlers. Which I think it's the right move. I think it's the right move as well. This one, I do think, until we know for sure, like, when conversations happened, what sort of communication there was between people, it's a difficult thing because all, all the audience members were, were fooled in, 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 the set, in, in the sense that, like, none of us knew that Moxley had suffered a concussion when he had, you know? So if we were all fooled... I see no reason to doubt that Rick Knox or Ray Phoenix or whoever is going to know for sure when it happened. And if he just gets his bell rung a little bit and again is like, ah, I think I'm okay, gets yeah. up. And then after a few minutes, it's like, nah, I'm not okay. Let's just take this home. I think that is still like, it's not ideal, it's not but it's not great. But I don't know exactly how much different that could be other than just like, oh, I was not knocked loopy even for a moment. Stop the match, guys. I'm hurt. We like, And I'm not even going to use the we know more now yeah. because that is the argument that, that wrestling as a whole has used for for so long. We didn't know how bad concussions were in the 90s. When I was like, well, you, you, yeah, you did. did. You did because everyone in every other sport knew how bad concussions were. So like... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, there's a bit more breaking news. Apparently, Mustafa Ali has uh, left WWE. So, he, dog. He, he might have to do another breaking news video. He can wait for that one. We've already started this show. And so it's probably bigger news than the SmackDown one. Um, so, yeah, like... It, and I and I, I don't want to... I feel like people are going to come down on me here being like, you're trying to defend AEW, and I'm not. And I'm, and I'm not trying to like defend anyone that's in the ring. I'm just trying to look at this through a logical lens of how did this happen mm -hmm. how did we get to a point where a man with, with a minor concussion minor's not exactly like that's not a key word either a concussion is a concussion whether it is minor or not yeah like i'm just looking at like how did we get to this point and i have seen so many times now wrestlers have to finish the match and like that's that's what we have to do and that for me that's where the conversation is of just mm -hmm. like protect yourselves but maybe like it is a case of mox just didn't realize how bad it was until he got to that point and was like 
actually, do you know what? I, I can't go. I don't think I should be going anymore. Let's call this off here. Yeah. Like, you know, should Danielson have finished his match with Okada? He felt like he had to. Was it wise? It's not for me to say. Like, that's really for Danielson to make the choice. But if it was me, I probably wouldn't have done. But I'm not going to say, like, Sin Cara should have, like, kept on wrestling when he dislocated his pinky finger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, there's varying different sort of levels of, of, of this. But it did very much leave a cloud over this match and over this show. And the thing, actually, is what the last point I wanted to make on this is it's coming, you said earlier, like, you know, we should be really excited that Ray Phoenix won a singles title. He can go on a bit of a singles run here. I don't think he will. No, probably not. Because I've also seen a lot of AEW history to show that when plans have to change, Tony Khan cannot pivot. And what likely what we'll see is Ray Phoenix might have a match next week on Dynamite to defend the belt, and he'll get no story, and then he might just lose the belt. Or he'll just lose it back to Mox when Mox is back to wrestle again. And and that'll be it. I, I mean, you can go t- countless examples of this within AEW where an injury has derailed a storyline and Tony Khan doesn't know how to fix that. Mm-hmm. But really, there's no bigger microcosm to look at now than the women's division. Because sure. that women's division has suffered since Jamie Hayter went out injured. And Tony Khan was like, I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. Do some four ways. Yeah, I'll just do some four ways. Uh, a triple threat. Uh, it's you now. Uh, I'll put the belt on Sheeta. Uh, put the belt on, uh, on Soraya. And and they just sort of are floundering until Jamie probably comes back. Yeah. My... my counter to that because i don't think you're wrong by any means i'm not anticipating ray phoenix having like a six month li- we already know, I know I'm not in. hello i'm grabbing the video. <laughs> never stops working that man yeah what a day yeah what a day ben got his first point in speed running <laughs> <laughs> so my counter to that mm-hmm. is that no i don't think that ray phoenix is going to go on like a six-month run and have a long prolonged storyline and, and such like that however i think with the international title which sort of has just become the open challenge title mm-hmm. i think you can have a satisfying short title run for ray phoenix if he just defends the belt once a week or so against varied opponents and has some like can, great matches as he's one to do. He can do yeah. it. Like Phoenix is awesome. That that's what got Orange Cassidy's reign to where it was before the story really started of him being worn down and everything. So if they wanted to have it be something special and have Ray Phoenix defend the title against Penta on Dynamite and say that these two brothers are wrestling for a championship on this show, I think that would make this title reign feel really special. Because it needs to feel special after starting this way. Yeah, because you had you went on an incredible title run with Cassidy, then put it on top guy John Moxley. You need to keep the aura of that belt mm-hmm. and not make it feel like a third singles title. Yeah, you know, kind of like how the TNT title felt for quite a while, where it was just like, oh, you're just a secondary prop for for people to carry around. Yeah. I mean, he could you could just turn this into the Lucha Libre division. It's, Honestly, just, just though. have him go. He can have matches with Vikingo, Commander, Bandido, and just go out there and just be like, oh yeah, we're just going to do triple A matches on Dynamite every week. And you know what? I would love it. <laughs> I wouldn't hate it, bud. Like, you know, Sony kind of loves his history. Look what it got WCW over. Like that was what a lot of people were talking about. Were those the Lucha Libre matches mm-hmm. that they would just put on first 
on Nitro or on pay-per-view and just get the crowd hot and like hollow. It still works now. Yeah. I mean, Rafe, I was so excited to come in here before this whole conversation shifted to this because I was really excited to come in here and be like, man, I love the Lucha Brothers as a team. But honestly, I think there's more money in both of them as singles. Because Ray Phoenix is such an awesome wrestler and Penta is such a good charismatic wrestler that I'd really like to see them both kind of be their own focused person for a little while. And I sort of got what I wanted here with Ray Phoenix winning a singles title and hopefully getting a bit of a singles run out of it. But unfortunately, that's not the main point of conversation, but we're still having it because this guy is so great. And weekly Ray Phoenix singles matches on TV is going to make for a very good TV program. If he gets them. If if he gets them. And we haven't had much of a reason to see that to this point. He has not had a chance to wrestle consistent singles matches again and again and again and keep coming back and being featured in that role. But now that he is, I think there's a good chance that you can have a really bad situation and try and make the absolute most out of it. They're not in as bad of a situation here as could be if, like, this happened when he was wrestling Big Bill or something like that, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you'd put the title on Big Bill... Nothing against Big Bill. I think he's fine. But, like, you know, I'm less intrigued to see weekly Big Bill singles matches <laughs> than I would to see weekly Ray Phoenix singles matches. Yeah. Things to do now is not just to hop, tight, uh, hop potato the title around. Yeah. I give Phoenix a bit of a run. Mox wins it when he gets back, and then maybe you pick up that storyline with Orange Cassidy again. But I think you need to do something with Phoenix here. Don't make it feel like you're the interim champion. Yeah. Because there's every chance he can feel like the interim champion, and I don't want that for Phoenix. I also don't want that for the title. Nope, absolutely not. That's the last thing that title means. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, let's get into your uh, Omega chats on this. Rustle.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. Maybe we'll talk about the Mustafa Ali thing later on. Uh, but Ben Vlerick is going to kick things off here. He said, I was going to complain about MGF kicking out of a pile driver on concrete and a muscle buster, but I figure I'm better off yelling at clouds, so I'll see myself out. In all seriousness, I hope Cole and Mox are uh, okay. Man, does it suck for the international title. Mo Orange put it on the map. Mox added more star power to it. Now he's dropped it to a mid-card, mostly tag team wrestler Phoenix in whatever match with little to no build. Of course, unplanned and no disrespect to Ray, but in an instant undid a lot and devalued the title big time. Feels really mid now. Hopefully Mox is okay and can come back soon to regain it. Or perhaps Danielson can step in and win it. Do what Cena did with the US title, which seemed like what Mox was going to do anyway. Referee Rick Knox, though. First Alec Reynolds gets concussed and is clearly out, only for Knox to not notice at all. Now Mox, only for Knox to not count the three, not stop the match, but instead let him take another dangerous pile driver. Yikes. It's a recurring problem in AEW. Hey, uh Maybe not agree with uh, all of the points about the title feeling mid and such, because I think Phoenix can can do a lot with it. But otherwise, kind of hits all the bullet points of our, our last conversation for the last 20 or so, 30 minutes. Kid Cuddy here says, I'm a lead with love. AEW tries the hardest to put on a great show for their demographic, but the fights, Danielson wrestling hurt, Mox wrestling concussed, not to mention Matt Hardy, just gives off sloppy shop vibes. Also, why do the move twice, Phoenix? We don't know. We don't know what Phoenix knows. We don't know what was happening in the ring. Like that, I, I, I think that's the other thing I was, I was going to bring up on this. The, the instances like this do bring out the I know the most yeah. about this, and that's why I have to sit here and I try to not be the guy that knows the most because I don't. I was not in the ring. I don't know what happened. I don't know what conversations were had. I can only go by what reports have have been said and sort of then look at that from a logical standpoint. But there are a lot of people that just step up to be like, he shouldn't have done this, he shouldn't have done this. I'm like, well, you don't know. We don't mm -hmm. know the situation was done there. The reality is, he shouldn't have done it, but he might not have known that he shouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. But we'll never know. Well, yeah. we might not ever know anyway. Um, but I was, yeah, the, the, and the, the, the sloppy shop argument, like, I don't know, you've given three examples there that have happened over three years. Like, I don't, I don't think that... Gives I also don't shop. really personally have a problem with Danielson wrestling with a broken arm. As I, like, it's, I don't really it's, care about that. It one. is not ballet. The Matt Hardy thing is unforgivable. Yeah, but it, it also it is not ballet. Uh, Adam West Lapdog here said, uh, obviously, I hope for a speedy recovery from Mox and Cole, but in the worst case scenario happens and Cole is sidelined for an extended period, I hope we at least get the silver lining of some backstage skits of him being stuck in a hospital with Roderick Strong. I really like the skits they did on this show. That doesn't sound like bad TV to me. A few people also in the chat there being like, this match did have quite a bit of build to it as well. Yeah, it did. It, 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 which it has. This is a storyline that's been running since pre-All-In. Yeah. 
Andy Sandberg said, uh, the first dive really rocked Mox. Stumbled around like Naito getting kicked in the head, except whatever happened near the end of the match, uh, and this was the first thing. It probably contributed to him not tucking in for those drivers. Really unfortunate. Saying that, Rick Knox did not communicate or talk to Moxley at most points in the match. Really scary and concerning protocol. The AEW referees are good at their jobs. Knox needs to be, uh, seems to be the one with the most concerning incidents around him. Remember Alex Reynolds? The fact that Mox got through that match is insane. I'm not sure how to feel about him going through the whole thing, but if he comes out fine and after the rest, I'll be fine. Mox and Knox connection, uh, Mox and Knox connection dead before it began. The reality is, S happens. I hope these incidents are learning experience, change referee protocol and everyone grows from it. Most importantly, more referees need to F, F on the wrestlers. F on the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to F on me. Great effing show. Great, great show. Most title changes on a show? That's probably pay per views that have had more. Probably. I can't think right now, but I would imagine probably. Well, although, not a lot of title changes in AEW happen on pay per view, it seems. Uh, a full Gear had two. Full, yeah, Full Gear had two last year. Uh, no, it had three last year, didn't it? Because the women's title, the the world title, and the TNT title. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Joe won it. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's three. Yeah. Uh, but on TV? Yeah. Definitely on, on TV. TV. <laughs> Ryan V said, last night was awesome. I don't know if I'm being a total AEW mark like Ollie, but everything was well paced. The mock spot had me worried. Even Renee came out and looked really scared. Hope he's okay. Also, I don't know if it was on TV. Swerve got a big reaction and the place went bananas. Well, I think that's for Rampage, if I'm yes, not mistaken. I think that's for Rampage, yeah. Uh, I'm just Marcus, said Ray Phoenix, winning his first title. I am excited for, but the way it happened is very unfortunate and made the ending feel weird. Hope the mocks will be okay soon. In happier news, Eddie versus Claudio was amazing, and you could tell what that win meant to him. We are going to get to that very, very shortly. Rob here says, I think head injuries are different because of the CTE issues and because of what we've seen happen down the line to wrestlers because of head injuries. Head injuries are nothing to be messed with. Nope. Chozo55 says, Idea. Have Fiends go on a run in other promotions, Visa allowing him, of course, while doing matches in AEW defending it. Assuming Mox gets better in time, and he wins it back at full gear on the pay-per-view after that. Funny enough, that actually came up in the all-in press conference when I think Stephanie Chase asked Tony Khan if he would allow Orange Cassidy to defend the belt internationally like Pac did when he had mm-hmm. the belt, he would defend it at Rev Pro shows. Yep. And Tony Khan made the, the various two points like, well, it was quite easy for Pac to defend those the title overseas because he lives there. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy doesn't live in England, so he can't just go over there and defend that belt. Yeah. Where, you know, on that point, like maybe Ray Phoenix can defend the, the title on a AAA show between now and when he loses it. Yeah. They, Why not? They, yeah, they're still doing some stuff with AAA. Are they still doing stuff with AAA? I think so there were some guys that finished up with triple a though when it was like we're not gonna be working any more triple a shows mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was now. i think he still does though. yeah, yeah. penta i think penta only does um uh, right just gonna quickly double check oh we've got a few more that's coming danny g has been a member for 25 months in a row says hi lads some of the best runs have been happy accidents hope they give phoenix a decent one despite him obviously being a bit green in the <laughs> ring 
Oh, Danny. Very good, Danny. Uh, Andy here says, post all out, AEW really has been on fire. All the shows have been tight. The wrestlers are showing up. The stories are progressing well. The non-wrestling segments have been great. If the injuries are long-term, I'm worried about the pivot issue. But I'm hopeful that with a prominent win, they can give Phoenix these opportunities. I have faith we won't stagnate right now, and I'm super hopeful for the rest of the build for Wrestle Dream. Despite the bad things, AEW fans are in a great place right now. I think uh, as a whole, wrestling is in a great place right now mm-hmm. despite uh, what vince mcmahon will tell you about wwe being a stagnant company yeah <laughs> all right let's get in to the rest of the show please do get getting your uh, omega chats in restaurant.com forward slash support and this show kicked off with easily the best thing on this show yep i loved this main i love the main event on this bro on this broadcast but the main event was excellent i really really loved everything that they did bar one spot but holy heckins nothing comes within an ass's roar of being as good as this opening match nope you know, we have been waiting and wondering whether Eddie Kingston was going to get a big win in Arthur Ashe for like the last three shows. Yeah. You know, two years ago, I don't think he was on the show. Last year, he gets screwed over in a match with Sammy Guevara. Still don't know why. More on him in a bit. Yeah. And now he finally gets his big moment. And it was really, really cool Because for so many reasons, like this was the rivalry we were all hoping was going to happen last summer after Blood and Guts to kind of get Eddie Kingston away from Jericho. Still think that's the direction they should have gone. But this is a really fun story. It's been a really good story. Eddie Kingston's Eddie Kingston. His promos are incredible. His promo on Collision got me even more excited for this. And you go in there and I was watching this match and I was like, you know, Yeah, he hasn't been on TV all the time since arriving in AEW, but I think they've done a really good job with Claudio since he's shown up in that giving him the ROH world title has given him a reason to be in big title matches on a consistent basis, whether it's in AEW or on Ring of Honor in those pay-per-views and everything like that. It's given him a chance to just go out there and have amazing matches all the time, which is something we always knew he could do, but was never given the chance to do as consistently as he should have in WWE. And it was like... You know, just in the middle of this match where I was like, I like seeing Claudio wrestle 20-minute championship matches that are just blow away, tear the house down classics. He's he's quite good. He's quite good, that Claudio. Yeah, that Claudio Castagnoli. This was a title versus title match. It was also for the uh, the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship as well. And I loved right at the start of this, Ian Riccoboni, they were showing highlights of their last title match that they had when Eddie got a roll-up and then Claudio reversed that roll-up and got the pin. And it was like Eddie almost beat himself in that because he just took his eye off the ball for one second. Mm-hmm. And Ian Riccoboni, as this match was going, he said, Eddie is wrestling two-on-one today against Claudio and against himself. Brilliant. I was like, that's a wonderful little bit of salt and pepper seasoning on this meal. Further, uh, furthered up by Tony Schiavone, who just at one point just went, do you know Claudio Castagnoli loves wrestling? 
he hates Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is this, right? Like, he just loves this sport of professional wrestling, but man, I like does he hate Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this commentary did a lot to help this match, which didn't need a lot of help because in ring it was just superb. Eddie Kingston, I think, is the most captivating character in all of professional wrestling. And he one of the things I think is magical about Eddie Kingston is that he's not on TV a lot. Mm -hmm. He can go into storylines and it's awesome. But then for whatever reason, he's not on TV for a bit or the focus of the story goes somewhere else. You mentioned the Jericho one felt like he won that Jericho feud, but Jericho is the guy that came out out of it being like, I'm getting the next big storyline and Eddie's just going to go and do some stuff on rampage. Mm -hmm. But when Eddie comes back or when Eddie is on TV, you can't take your eyes off him. He's the best promo they've got. He just thinks this is real. And because he thinks it's real, he makes me think it's real. Mm -hmm. And he just tells captivating stories in the ring and his emotions shine through. So when he won, when he hit the series of spinning back fists and hit that powerbomb and he pinned Claudio one, two, three, and he won the Ring of Honor title and Claudio shook his hand afterwards, I believed every single moment. It is fascinating seeing someone like an Eddie Kingston in today's day and age because the idea of pro wrestling is to make people believe that it's real. And of course, that's very difficult to do now compared to like 40 or 50 years ago when people were just believing that it was real. But you can always have a little bit of doubt when you're watching Eddie Kingston because I don't know to what degree he hates Claudio Castagnoli. And that's the fun of it. I believe this man every time he's on my screen, and that is such a unique commodity that you can't teach. He's phenomenal, and I would have him be my world champion. We were kind of talking about this a little bit yesterday in the office because you and I are going to be reviewing ECW Barely Legal 97 for WrestleTalk Extra. And in that, they've got the Pitbull one, the Gary Wolf neck injury. And like they, you know, Paul Heyman talks about this a lot. And he talks about this with the Sandman as well, when the Sandman was blinded. He said, Sandman, like he was just everywhere he went, he like was blinded and he would act like he was blinded to keep the kayfabe up and keep the injury real. And Gary Wolf did the same thing. Like he walked around with the neck brace, with the big protective gear on the stuff. If he was going to the shops just to keep up the idea that he is legit injured because it makes it feel real. Um, I mean, at least to a terrible angle at Barely Legal 97, but that's another story for another time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I have this with Eddie. Because I interviewed Eddie on this very channel a couple of years ago. And when he was talking, I really was there being like, I don't know how much of this is Eddie working, how much of this is Eddie just being Eddie, because he's just so genuine. He is just Eddie Kingston. And he will talk about people he doesn't like, and I'm like, I don't know if you're just trying to work an angle. Sean Rossap says what well, he interviewed Kenny Omega once, and he could notice the moments when Kenny just like will switch from being I'm Kenny Omega to I need to build a program here. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle, but Sean just ever so slightly just spotted just I'm now gonna stop answering your questions as Kenny Omega. Now I'm gonna start answering them as Kenny Omega the character. Right. And I have interviewed wrestlers before who have said to me, I'm gonna do this whole thing in kayfabe. And I, I can then sort of see this and I, you know, I get, I'm going to do this all in character and stuff. Eddie didn't start this off being like, oh, by the way, I'm just going to do this. Like, I was playing up the Eddie King's character. He was just like, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Yep. And I don't know how much of that is real, but I believe every single word of it. The man's awesome. 
and he won this. And Ian Riccoboni was brilliant on commentary. He's so good. Yeah. He gave a big shout out to people that Kingston was close with, like Xavier, you know, second ever. It was second ever champ, was yep. it Xavier? Um, he used to pop up in our chat. Like back in the day, he used to be in our WrestleTalk uh, podcast chat a lot. Low Key, who's a friend of, of Kingston Homicide. Mm-hmm. Jay Briscoe, who also recently just passed. And even then, like, and then Tony Giovanni's be like, and also Brian Danielson and Claudio Castanol and Chris Jericho. Me and Rick Buddy's like, let me talk about my Ring of Honor. Yeah. <laughs> let me talk about my Ring of Honor. And now Eddie Kingston is among those. It was awesome. And then somehow they segued from that brilliant realism to a fake looking hospital while the kingdom read get well soon cards to next strong Roderick Strong. And I was like, I just sort of threw my hands over the air being like, wrestling's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling's the best. Yeah. And talk about this. I, you know, for one second, I don't know why. This is just my wrestling brain. In this segment, I thought they were going to turn on Roddy. And it's only because, <laughs> it's only because, I think it was Mike Bennett says, oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. And I was like, that's what Steve Austin said when Vince McMahon was in the hospital. Like with the same cadence and everything too. I was my ears picked up and I was like, "Oh god, Roddy's going to die. Don't let Taven do it." <laughs> but uh Roderick Strong, uh sorry, Adam Cole rather showed how terrible of a friend he is to Roderick Strong because he finally arrives at the hospital to see him and he's like, "I'm so sorry, I've just been busy with with Max." And now I have to go because yep. Max needs me. He was there for all of two minutes. Didn't even get him a, a, some juice. Not even Nothing. that. Not even that. It was a flying visit. It, it took him longer to get there than it was that he stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, later on in the show, uh, they showed uh, Adam Cole and MJF arriving at the building. And MJF was cutting his promo on Joe. And he goes to do their catchphrase of better than you, baby. But Cole gets a uh, phone call and it's from Roddy. And he's like, Roddy, you're not going to die. And then he's like, and he, Max, I have to go. I have to go now. My friend, my other friend needs me. <laughs> and off he went, which meant that Max was going into the main event alone. I, I know people are a little bit down on some of the, the flip-flop of comedy and serious with the MJF Cole stuff, but I just, it, I dig it, man. Works I, for me. It works for me too, because at the bottom of it, like, yeah, I can kind of see what people are saying when it comes to that. Like, sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're not. It's, it's whatever. Maybe some tonal dissonance. But to me, the constant throughout that is I just have looming dread at the thought that one of these two is going to turn on the other. Mm-hmm. The heartbreak that exists when one of them turns is consistent throughout. And I love that. So when in the middle of the catchphrase, Adam Cole takes the phone call instead of doing their catchphrase, I gasped. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Speaking of oh no for, for poor old Darby Allen, Christian Cage was interviewed by Renee Paquette, who challenged Darby to a triple threat match for the TNT Championship on Collision. And in the process of doing this, accidentally called it a handicap match, but then corrected himself to being a triple threat match. But it was just beautifully seamless. It was like, yeah, and we're going to take you on in a handicap match. Sorry, a triple threat match. <laughs> he, he's. I saw a report today that just said, people in AEW are very high on Christian Cage. And I was like, yeah, no, pardon my <laughs> French, but no S. Like, yeah, if you weren't, I'd be, I'd be concerned. So I, do you think Christian wins the belt? I think there's a possibility because I think like 
I had this argument as well leading into All Out when I thought Darby should beat Luchasaurus and win the title that like maybe this this idea of like Christian Cage, the real fake TNT champion kind of runs its course the best if it's a shorter reign or whatever. Maybe it's just better if they just go, ah, you're awesome. We're just going to give you the belt and have you wrestle and be on TV every single week anyway. What if Edge helps him? That's what I'm saying. Like, all of this week, I was just like, I was looking at this card, and I was like, I don't think Edge shows up on this show because I don't know where he would show up. The second that I saw the tag match was on Rampage, I was like, yeah, Edge shows up. Yeah, right? (laughs) So now I'm looking at every other Christian appearance and being like, when can it happen? When can it happen? And then I was like, having a magic collision? Maybe there. it could be. Michigan is close to Toronto. Edge doesn't live in Toronto anymore, but still. Okay. So we next got Jericho versus Sammy. Mm-hmm. It's a good match. Yep. So it was a totally good match. Sure. I'm going no higher than good. Mm-hmm. It was more than fine. It was good. More than fine, less than great. It was absolutely good. Would I say this was a three-star match? No. I'd probably say this was like a two and three quarter match. Wow. But, but I'd go a little higher than that. But I'd I would go then, three and a quarter. But I would then say I would then say three with the finish. Mm-hmm. The finish was spectacular. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about the finish too. So the finish like so they were doing this match. We'll talk about like, you know, the, the post match angle and everything after that because it's tied into the way that Sammy was dressed for this match. Uh but Sammy went up to hit the shooting star press, and Jericho caught him in that shooting star press. In a code breaker mm-hmm. and got the win. Perfectly timed. I couldn't believe it. Pinpoint precision. This was th- this was um Black Arrow with the RKO yeah. levels of man, I can't believe you nailed that. <laughs> it's a it's very funny. I was looking at this move having happened. And the code breaker is a very difficult move to try and hit on someone who's like falling out of orbit. And we've seen it time and time again where it looks like they're going to do something and then they kind of have to land on their feet and take the move just because they don't have the timing right. And it's tough because it's a move where similar to the RKO, but the RKO, you can just forego the jump. You can just catch someone and go. But the code breaker, because Jericho needs to leave his feet, he does need to jump. And therefore, because he has to jump, him going down with the move is at a different time than whoever is jumping is coming down with the move. So to hit that perfectly, I was like, my God, that's art. The only other time I've seen him do it is against Rey Mysterio at the Bash in 09, and that's one of my favorite matches. It is a miracle that they managed to pull this off as well as they did, because I can't can't imagine they do this even remotely as good if they tried it 10 more times. This yeah, is the probably. best one they would get. And like, like never do the spot again. Yep. <laughs> retire the spot. Never do, retire the code breaker. It's the best code breaker there's ever been. They'll never do a better one. That's it. We're done now. But uh, so the match was like, yeah, it was, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crowd were not into it. They seemed a little tired after the opener. Uh, yeah, the I crowd. don't know. I couldn't tell if they were actually like just not into it because these guys are both heels i guess sammy's gotten a I, bit I of think, a baby ba- face I think they're baby faces well right? then they're bad baby faces like oh, well that yeah that's that's true i don't i don't yeah i don't know where they fall exactly because i understand that there's a portion of the audience that just doesn't like jericho because i'm one 
Not not the biggest fan. Can have great matches. Don't get me wrong. We'll have great matches. But I don't have the emotional connection to him at this point to get really invested in an emotional story like this one. And similarly, Mm -hmm. Sammy Guevara has been not the best baby face of all time in AEW. He's been a good baby face the last couple weeks or so, I would think. Like, him in that tag match with Ozzy Open, the people got really into Sammy Guevara, and I was like, my God, they did it. But going into this match, with these two having to play off of each other, I don't know how into it the crowd was, and I don't know how much of it is that, and also just being like, whew, man, I love that Eddie just won that title. Because they were so hot from, you know, for Yonkers, New York, Eddie Kingston, Mm -hmm. winning the title, beating Claudio, they were like, lose they went banana as, as uh pat patterson would say yep and i don't know if they were spent from that i don't know whether sammy's entrance killed people because they didn't get to do a sammy entrance pop because they just wanted to hear the, the the good rapping i or it is a case of people just aren't into this story and i'm I, not into this story i feel it's a combination of the third and the first i think is a bit of burnout from the eddie thing so i just wanted to uh, some more potential breaking news here my god sean rossap i've been told that uh i've been told there was a misunderstanding and there are rumblings that there will be some talent cuts today in wwe oh christ almighty so yeah there might be some talent cuts today everyone (sighs) It's going to be a three-hour podcast. It's, it's going to turn a, into a breaking a news podcast. Day. Right. Yep. Yeah, we may... Mod Mother, if you can hear me. <laughs> Rally the troops! It may happen today. Um, so, yeah. I, this story isn't working. Uh, and it plays into the, the, the post-match angle here. Because mm-hmm. Sammy was wearing the Jericho colors that he had in the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match. Mania 19, 2003. And they did the WrestleMania post-match angle, Mm -hmm. where they both were celebrating with each other, and then Jericho low-blowed Michaels, and Michaels like collapsed into him while he looked down. Did the same thing here. Sammy gave him the low-blow. Jericho did the exact same Michaels sell. And it was kind of nice as well, because they telegraphed this right at the start of the match by telling us, oh, he's wearing the same colors that he wore in that Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania 19. Mm Mm-hmm. And at no point did I thought, oh, they're going to redo that angle. Well, that was funny. As soon as they set up the post-match angle, I felt so smart. It's it's already started. Oh, God. Uh, Emma has been released, apparently. What a run she had. Okay. Well, this is going to be a difficult show to continue to review. (laughs) Um, I felt so smart. I was, like, so smug. Just like, (laughs) she's already changed her name to Tenille (laughs) Dashwood. Unless it was already there. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, oh my God! Forty-eight minutes ago, Tennille Dashwood said, "This is a dream because they're doing Elimination Chamber in her home country of Australia." And then three minutes ago, said, "Oops, never mind. I just got released." Oh, that's a heartbreaker. (sighs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna finish up this show, and then we're gonna have to do another podcast about all the the releases and stuff. Yeah. Let's 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 try. Let's continue. I felt so smart watching the end of this match and angle and everything because they and they set it up the exact same way. It's beat for beat, the exact same where Jericho offers the handshake. Mm-hmm. Sammy shakes his hand, goes in for the hug. As soon as he gave the hug, 
I was sat next to Holly and I was like, he's going to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> and then he's going to fall down his body. And then he does it. He kicks him in the nuts. He slides down his body. He pushes him down. And then who comes out but Don Callis, who was not at WrestleMania 19, funny enough. But hey, yeah, close Don, enough. Don Callis uh, welcomed Sammy into the family. They did an angle backstage where Danny Garcia was upset of what Sammy did. I don't know why, Danny. You turned your back on Jericho as well and said you didn't want to be part of his group. That's where all the storyline falls apart. And then Don's like, no, don't go after him. That kid's money because he's still trying to recruit Danny. This is why the story doesn't work. I said this in the edited review. This is the best way that I can describe this. Jericho decided to turn his back on the Autobots and join Megatron in the Decepticons. Now, I'm supposed to feel sympathy because... Well, okay, so Jericho wanted to turn his back on the Autobots and join Megatron in the Decepticons, but Megatron revealed, I don't actually want you in my group, and now you've lost your Autobots. Mm -hmm. And now I'm supposed to feel sympathy because Sammy has joined the Decepticons. Jericho wanted to join that group. Mm Mm-hmm. Why should I feel bad now that Sammy joined the group instead and, and Jericho isn't? Like, the story does not work. Nah. It's a bad story, everyone. Yeah. I, I'm not into it. Not into it, y'all. Can I ask uh, the live chat to just not say names have been released? Why do we have to say this every time? Please do not just say names. You're not f- funny. I'll drop a swear. Do not f- funny. It's not big and it's not clever. Behave. Grow up. Anywho. Um, then we had the Ray Phoenix and John Moxley match. Samoa Joe then cut an awesome promo on yeah, MJF. Pete was watching this show in the office and he just paused after that promo and he was like, Samoa Joe is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> just properly like paused it, stood up, and I was like, yes. And he was like, Smoke Joe's really good. Yeah, Smoke Joe's just really good. You had to stop your show to say that, did you? He's right, though. Uh, the Hardy Boys, the Kingdom, Best Friends, and the Righteous all cut promos because they're having a fail four-way on Rampage Grand Slam. Um, about uh, they'll, The winner of that match will get a shot at the ROH tag titles at WrestleDream. Spoilers. Well, we try not to go to spoilers too much on Rampage. Some people get really uh, annoyed about it. You can go and find out if you want. It's not who I thought was going to win. Um, I don't think it's who anyone thought was going to win, really. But uh, we now don't know if that match is going to happen at WrestleDream. Yeah, it depends uh, on the status of Adam Cole. Hopefully, he just like tweaked his ankle and couldn't walk. Yeah, and it's not anything more serious than that. Uh, we then had for the AEW Women's World Championship, Soraya against. <laughs> Tony Storm. Chin up, tits out, watch out for the shoe. This character's awesome. It's the best character. Might be the best character, like actual character, they've had in the women's division since the company started. She comes out, it's all black and white now. She's doing her poses. She's not even doing her like biceps pose as she walks into the ring like she's a prize fighting champion. She just walks into the ring and does more. <gasps> oh. She's, there's just pictures of her everywhere doing all the poses. It's awesome. Soraya won. I don't think that was the right call. No. Nope. <laughs> Tony Storm things hugely over. I think Tony probably should have won after she kissed her and gave her the pile driver. But uh, here we are. Soraya dodged a hip attack in the corner in the second rope rampage for the win. Yeah. I This, to me, felt very similar to the conversation I had surrounding the TNT title and everything, where maybe this... Christian character can work 
Even better if the title gets off of him and he has to then, you know, keep the same energy, but, you know, pivot and such. And I had the same conversation, I believe, with Sat this past weekend where I was like, man, Tony's got to win that title. And he's like, oh, but does it work if this, you know, this character that is crazy because she lost the title then gets the title back? And I was like, if you make it work, you could still do it. She's still the most over person in the division. Look how over she was here. This is kind of like, this reminds me a little bit of the acclaimed last year, mm. where all of a sudden it was just like, oh, you're the most overact in the tag division. We should probably put the tag belts on you. Yeah. And then they did. And that's kind of what happened here is that, like, you know, Soraya got a reaction coming out. She was getting reaction during the match, but it was nowhere in the same orbit as what Tony was getting. Nope. This is working. And the match itself was good. I, I actually quite enjoyed this match a bit. Um, but it was really down to Tony. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. like Tony was... Because right at the start of this, because Tony's doing a whole like, oh, you know, she's doing her poses and whatnot. And Soraya slaps her. And it's like, slap the crazy out of her. And Tony Storm was back. Mm -hmm. And Tony Storm just started wrestling like Tony Storm again. And I was like, this is a fun thing. This is a fun character. I really do. At one point, she just slid under the ring and came out and just started throwing shoes at, at Ruby Soho. It was awesome. Everyone popped for it, too. Like, I thought there was a real chance that it would be like, what is happening? <laughs> but no, she came out and had like a shoe in each hand and everyone went, hey, <laughs> look out for the shoe. There was a guy in the front row that had a watch for the shoe sign. It was like, yeah, this thing. But yeah, Soraya won uh, with the second rope rampage. At least she retained in her first title defense. Sure. Sure. Then we got our main event of Samoa Joe versus Brett the Hitman MJF. My <laughs> favorite thing on the whole show. So Max gets the whole Brett turnaround shot. It was done brilliantly. And then Max walks up to the kid, whispers something in his ear. The kid looks up at his dad and goes, I'm adopted? Because <laughs> he's a scumbag. I didn't know, like, where they were going with this. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're redoing that one extremely cheesy Bret Hart commercial from the 90s. That's cool, I guess. That's a neat nod. And then it ended with that, and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Get the belt in forever. <laughs> Apart from Eddie Kingston, obviously. You know, Eddie yeah. Kingston needs to turn that belt off him. Uh, this match was just Joe immediately going for the neck and murdering poor MJF. Like He beat this boy pillar to post. He ripped off a New York sports ball thing and that fired Max up. And he, uh, he hit the kangaroo kick, which got a massive pop. Uh-huh. I agree with Taz, however. That shirt that he was wearing was a disgrace. So he was wearing the logos of like all the teams in New York, including the ones that hate each other. And you would never wear like those colors and those logos if you're from New York City. No one in New York is repping the Buffalo Bills. Let's be real. Is this like so in football, you can go to games now and get scarves that are half of one team and half of the team they're facing. Right. Yeah, that's a no-go. <laughs> like, I'm not really into football these days, but that's a big no thanks from yeah, me. Yeah, anytime somebody, like, you'll see if a player gets traded from a team or whatever, they'll, they'll like, buy a shirt of this team and a shirt from this team, cut them in half, and then sew them together. 
stop doing that. Like, like poor old Andy Dyson's getting buried in the office at the moment now because he has spent the last couple of years telling everyone that he supports Liverpool, and then just apropos of nothing said like, "Well, I don't, I don't always support Liverpool. Like, I, I sometimes support Newcastle." And I was like, "Oh, right. So you just." You just support whatever team is doing well. Then. You're a coward and a fraud. <laughs> Have a team, commit, and be miserable like me, Maple Leaf fan. I mean, look, I, if I was a football fan, I'd be an Evertonian. We're not. We got one point in a possible fifteen. Like, it, it is not a good start to this season. That is a bad start to a season. But anywho, this match was awesome. Um, the crowd popped huge. Hello, Pete. <laughs> Are you getting ready to do the breaking news podcast after this? Yep. Yep. Thank you, bud. Um, and this really was Joe just murdering poor Max. He there was this great moment when Joe MJF went to do a dive, an actual like tope suicida. Joe stopped him and then hit this Death Valley driver on the apron. Mm-hmm. Max falls to the floor and Joe laughs his tits off. <laughs> 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 he was ha- Joe was having a wonderful time. <laughs> he sure was. I love seeing main event monster heel Samoa Joe picking the bones of an injured babyface champion. Unbelievably perfectly cast. Yeah, it was so, so great. Uh, he then uh, exposed the concrete. They did then say... It's not concrete. It's actually just the plastic sheet that covers the grass or something. Yeah, because it's a tennis stadium. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it wasn't the concrete. I said con- I think I might have even said concrete edited review, mm-hmm. but it's not. They, they, they did say it, it was just the, the plastic that was covering the grass. Um, but he hit him, gave him a pile driver on that, and he hit the muscle buster, and I legit thought, that's it. Yep. Max's title hard. change. Title change. I can't believe they putting the title on Joe. I was like, <laughs> I'm kind of here for it. Same as I was you like, know? I, I could do with Samoa Joe as AEW world champion. Like, Joe's one of my guys. This would be this would be rad. I totally bought it as the finish. Mm-hmm. So when Max kicked out, I was like, oh, come on, man. Joe, immediately, kicking a clutch. I was like, oh, that boy's done. Adam Cole runs down from the back so much. He has hurt his ankle and had to go to hospital afterwards and is currently on crutches, apparently. He left the hospital on crutches. And he, the love he has for MJF, like Pokemon the movie, powered him up and brought Max back to life. And Max was able to get out of the Kikina clutch. And then, through Adam Cole interference, got some tape. And true to his word, he choked out Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. This whole match, because he did it in his promo earlier, said, I'm going to choke you out. And I was watching this, but I was like, he can't, he's not going to choke out Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Like he'll, you know, he'll, he'll do his move and, you know, and he'll get the win somehow, maybe with a dynamite ring or something. But no, he did choke out Samoa Joe, albeit with, you know, like, you know, cheating way he used tape and stuff. Yeah, scumbag. He's a scumbag. And Joe passes out. MJF wins. That was awesome. I loved this main event. I loved the finish. I did as well. It was funny because I thought that for a moment, they might restart the match just because this is the exact same sequence that MJF beat CM Punk with before the match on Dynamite got restarted and he beat him for real, where chokes him with a tape, he goes out, like has the uh, a, a hold, sleeper hold or whatever on, underneath he's got the tape choking him out, and then hides the tape under his armpit. The referee raises his arm, the tape falls, and he's like, what's that? Restart the match! But this time, 
instead of doing that, MJF immediately like gives the referee a hug. It's like, ah, oh, come over here. And Adam Cole jumps in the ring, grabs it, puts it in his tights, and runs away. Learning. He's like the Terminator. Once you flick that switch, he becomes a learning machine. It's great. Maybe you'll learn from your in-ring mistakes when the wrestlers get hurt, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved this match. I loved the finish. Joe, classy in defeat, though, shook Max's hand afterwards. Showed him some respect. Yeah, I was slightly surprised by this. I think more than anything, it made the match feel like a proper blow-off. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is a fun little one-month feud, and it's done now. We're not going to come back to this. This isn't going to be the title match for Full Gear. Not going to be the title match for Wrestle Dream. Nothing like that. This was your match with MJF and Samoa Joe, and it's done. And part of me is a little disappointed because I think this is really fun, and I wouldn't have been upset if it continued. But also, I will give credit to AEW because we often say that it feels like they drag out storylines far too long. So if you just have a really good, solid, fun, one-month story for the world title, hats off to you. Yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Um, so yeah, I, I gave this episode four out of five in the in the edited review. It's kind of a low uh, four out of five, I, I think. And really, it's more for just the opening and the main event, although I love the Tony Storm stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was enjoying the Mox match up until the, the, the finish. The only thing on the show I didn't like was the Jericho-Sammy thing. And this felt like a nice, tight, almost takeover level five card show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me is the big point there where if you have a big show like this two hours but a stadium show which immediately kind of like adds a a tick upwards for it if you just have like five matches four of which are title matches and one of them is like a i don't want to say a blood feud but you know a grudge match type deal your card will feel incredibly distinct throughout everything will have the time it needs to shine and therefore hopefully you get a very well-rounded card and i think that's what they really nailed with this edition of grand slam there were trouble and problems throughout of course the finish of moxley and phoenix we opened with and it wasn't as big on jericho and sammy as well and i wouldn't have had soraya win that title but regardless i still think the show ends up being very good because the atmosphere and because the opening, the closing and the lack of needing to cram every single person onto this show. I enjoyed this a lot. Um, we are going to get into the rows of your Omega Chats. Rick Boogs, I just saw as the name. Rick Boogs is like, yeah, we've got an update on, uh, we've got a running list names. We're going to do another podcast about this uh, shortly. We're going to go live again. So all of your Omega chats about the releases are in a separate document. We're going to be reading those out on that show. So if you are sending in your chats about that, then there'll be, we'll talk about that on the, on the next show. But we're going to just read out your ones about Dynamite here. I have got Pete. I've got a horrible feeling. I, two of these names are ones I said in three count. Oh dear. I certainly said Boogs. I'll get on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that very, very shortly. But for now, let's hear what you thought about Dynamite. Uh, and Mikey Alphabet kicks things off to say, awesome AEW Grand Slam. Can't wait to hear you got your guys' take. Love, and I'm so grateful for all you do. 
Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. Thank you very much, Mikey. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, A, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so close. One thing I, just, I forgot to say as well, uh, I didn't like the table spot in the uh, MJF match. Mm. Could have done without the table spot. What are the rules? Richie R says, I can't stand the kissing spot mid-match. At best, it feels unnecessary, and at worst, it feels downright creepy. Lesbian treachery! <laughs> I fully understand the wrestlers talked about it beforehand, but on screen, there's no need to have someone kissed without consent. To each their own. Aaron Hanrahan has been in Mengberg for 24 months in a row, says, Thanks for two years, guys. Hope Moxley and Cole are okay. Gonna meet Moxley at an OTT event in Dublin, hopefully. Eddie Kingston forever hope you're all well i also want to point out i think someone brought up that same point on twitter and saraya was like i didn't mind it though <laughs> she was like she could do it again though uh pika pig one two three says i love fenix uh but i'm wondering if aew will end up having orange cassidy win the title from him uh as a bit of panic booking i also hope that moxley heals up nicely and is finally finally able to go on that well-deserved vacation uh, I would rather Orange Cassidy not win the title back shortly. If Orange Cassidy's going to win the title back, I want him to beat Moxley in a little while. Uh, if Adam Cole, this is from Andy, if Adam Cole didn't have to check in on Roderick, who was hamming up his injuries, he would not have had to jump the ramp and injure himself. This is all Roderick Strong's fault. I hope you can accept that. Why he, I hope you can accept this is why he is Max's best, best friend. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Um, I'm just going to once again, sorry, I, I got slightly distracted reading that. Stop posting fake names in the chat, everyone. Justin Eelhide's been in Menberg for nine months in a row going, Adam! Adam! When Cole leaves and Roddy's in hospital's bed, he starts rising. <laughs> Cole leaves and Roddy just goes, You're leaving? <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> His theme should be a trap remix of him screaming Adam. Dante Kennedy has been a member for five months in a row, says we all talk about WWE's women's tag belts being cursed, but what kind of spell did Brandy put on AEW before she left? All of these injuries? Yikes. Not sure the connection in all of this, but... I'm just Marcus said, listen, Luke said it best this morning in the news. Sammy turned on Jericho and I don't care because Jericho was already going to turn on him anyways until he knew it was a trap. I'm actually on Sammy's side here. Uh, Riga said, did no one notice Mox got his bell rung in the opening of the match too? It's what we talked about earlier in the show. That that's mm -hmm. apparently actually where the injury happened. Uh, Ray lands on Mox's head on the ramp dive. Mox couldn't stand. Took two tries to put him back on the guardrail and he couldn't roll into the ring. Not a work. Took about one minute for Mox to come back. Andy Sandberg here says, on Saray You winning. keep saying that. What? It says Andy Sandbox. <laughs> you said it like three times every time he chats in. <laughs> He's just always on my mind. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lonely island guy. Andy Sandbox says, uh, on Soraya winning, I think they're going to, um, I think they're going to be setting up a Mercedes Monet versus Soraya to tie it into history and Monet wins. It has to be the reason because Tony should have absolutely won. I don't care though. You know, if Mercedes is coming in, I'm more interested in seeing Mar Mercedes versus Tony Storm because I think it'll be a better match. Bizarro Big L says, Gotta disagree, Luke. Nutshot homages to Dan Housen always work. Danny is too over with that dance to go heel. Might be time for a dragon to guide him. The starlet Tony doesn't need a belt and her chase is prime time. We need her shoes as a sledgehammer. 
Well, it's too late for that. They already killed the gimmick. Ollie here says, not that one, uh, says, loving the Tony Storm character, was really hoping she was going to win the title. Then next week, have a segment doing an acceptance speech. Good luck with the breaking news stream, lads. Unfortunate news. Thank you very much. Stephen Costa has been a... Who's was, next? Uh, she lasted way longer than I thought. Mm. Well, I suppose so. Hasn't yeah. been seen in over a year. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Costa has been a member for 16 months in a row. Says, "Hello, lads. It was my birthday yesterday. Woo, old. Uh, I thought the Eddie Claudio match was epic. Good show. Shame about Jericho's time wasting, though. Happy birthday, Stephen. Happy birthday to you, Mister Toff. Two has been a member for eight months in a row. Says, eight months are still going strong. Keep up the good work. You guys are doing great. Looking forward to the announcement tomorrow. Jam that jam. There's another one from the previous section as well from Kevin." Saying, hoping Mox and Cole get well soon. Seeing those injury news doesn't make me want to watch the show, but your positive review changed my mind. Also, Gus gutted about the Mustafa Ali news, but if they won't do anything with his ideas, it's probably for the better. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, be talking about that shortly on another stream. Tracy here says, hello, boys. My first Omega chat. Just wanted to thank you all for your reaction videos. When I was sick, I rewatched the PLEs and watched you guys. So appreciate you. Feel bad about Ali leaving and prayers for Mox and Cole. Pete needs a raise. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Irami says, Tempest, did you clock the sudden Packers YouTuber in the front row? Also, not a bad faith take. Maybe AEW could do with the performance center. Not because people aren't good enough, but because most professional athletes have access to private tra training facilities and gyms. I mean, sure. Why not? Have a place with a ring that they. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if they wanted to, they could all show up at the Nightmare Factory and be welcomed in. Yeah. They're, they're, there are places they can go to. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I did not see any Packers YouTube people in the in the front row uh yabber two says tempest uh how much would i need to ultra chat to get you to unmask live on an episode of the rest talk podcast in all seriousness i'm curious what happened to the blackpool content club is there any plans to do another show in its place no is is the answer to that we did a run of the content club and the the views just kind of weren't there for it so we're looking at different ways to kind of do those shows and i don't no, I like my mask. I don't want to lose it. Give me my yearly salary and I'll consider it. Caleb here says, I know this is the wrong channel, but my suggestion for NRB would Unstable Unicorns is my favorite game. I hope all is well. Terry that Terry. Terry that Terry indeed. Well, that is going to do it for this show. I'm just going to end this poll and quickly press there. End poll to let us know what you thought of this episode of the show. And I can confirm... 82% thumbs up, with 13% saying thumbs in the middle. People like Grand Slam. It was a very good show. It was a very, very good show. If you haven't watched it, I would highly recommend you go out. Certainly watch the Eddie Claudio match, because it was awesome. Absolutely. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Might be here, could be on Rust Talk News Channel. We'll... It's on podcast. It's on podcast. We'll be uh, live here again shortly, going through the releases. Um, we're just going to need to get things set up here, so... Um, We'll, we'll post it up. Keep Subscribe. Enable notifications. And, and you'll find out when we are going live. And we can talk about all of the up, uh, incoming releases to talent. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. I've been Luke Owen. D-A-D. That has been Tempest. Jam that jam. Jam that jam.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.